no, no, hang on. This is not a good All right, cool. yes, fine. Ready? Welcome to the bite-sized edition of the Editor Roundtable podcast. Here on the Roundtable, we're dedicated to helping you become a better writer following the story grid method developed by Sean Coyne. In these episodes, we bring you some shorter solo episodes and interviews on topics that interest us as writers. Hi, my name is Anne Hawley, and today I'm presenting a prescriptive tale of learning how to write after spending five decades calling myself a writer. So join me for a quick bite of writing insight, starting right now. On November 10th, an ordinary thing happened. My super hardcore editing group partner, Zena Marie Yule, emailed me and said, Sprint at 11? Zena and I have a long history of proposing half-hour writing sprints to each other. We set our 30-minute timers at the appointed hour. Then, when the timer goes off, we report our word count back to each other. It's a fairly common writing practice, and it's really no big deal. The thing is, for a couple of years now, writing sprints have been useless to me. I'd spend the appointed half-hour fiddling with a sentence, doing a little research, and feeling like a complete fraud. Now, Zena, a real professional, always has at least a couple of fiction projects going, as well as some freelance nonfiction work, and she never comes back at the end of her half hour with fraudulent nothings. We would try another sprint a couple of days later or a couple of weeks. And in between, I was so grateful not to have to think about my writing. I could focus on other people's writing. I could work on the podcast. I could fiddle with my website or promote my editing business. And that way, I could tell myself that I was still legit, still a pro. Uh Uh-huh. Now I can give you 10 reasons for my long writing slump. If you've had a long writing slump, you probably have some of the same reasons. Health issues, major life changes, family duties. Then there was an idea for a novel that I couldn't make work. Analysis paralysis had set in once I got deep into the story grid method, And I didn't have any other story ideas, and I couldn't seem to generate any, so there I was, just stuck. And finally, I had that one excuse that almost nobody else in the world actually has. I had been told by Sean Coyne to write a specific story, with a deadline and even a publication date, and I could not break out of resistance about it. If you'd like to know more about that story, tune in to the Masterwork Experiment episodes of the main StoryGrid podcast, which we broadcast last summer. I will link to all of them in the show notes. In a nutshell, I agreed to try a writing experiment with Sean where I would analyze Annie Prue's masterpiece short story, Brokeback Mountain, at the beat level, and then use that beat structure as a sort of outline for a story of my own, set in the universe of my novel, Restraint, that is, England during the Napoleonic War period, or also known as the Regency. My story has the working title of Danbury Hill. So back to November 10th. Zena proposed a sprint, and I said yes, and there it was. I had this deadline. I had a commitment to finish Danbury Hill. I'd already decided that the only way I was going to be able to write anything was to break the rules that Sean had laid down. I told myself, my editing group, and several other writing friends that I was going to write the damn thing my way, whether it ended up meeting the requirements of the masterwork experiment or not. In short, on November 10th, I was out of excuses. 
So that morning, I pulled up my working document, heaved a sigh, and scrolled around until I found one Brokeback Mountain beat that I hadn't written a scene for yet, and I started writing it. I had to write for half an hour, and I had nothing to say, so I started just making stuff up. TKs everywhere. No research. And those 30 minutes crawled by. Words came out my fingertips, kicking and screaming. And when the timer finally went off, I was practically sweating. Everything that I had written was nonsense. My note to Zena at the end of that first sprint said, 350 words. I told myself, just keep going. Trust the process. Tell the Sean coin in your head to shut up. On day two, we sprinted again. Emboldened just a little by my 350 words of crap from yesterday, I sweated a little bit less. My note to Zena at the end of 30 minutes said, I hit a wall energetically and word count wise, but 590 words. All bullshit, but I just wrote and wrote, making stuff up, trying to figure out how to situate poor Maddie in the Battle of Roncevaux. On sprint day number four, gah, 333 words. Better than nothing, each one like pulling teeth. Honestly, I wouldn't write a single word if not for these sprints, but I'm slowly chipping through my blockage and finding some little dribs and drabs of story. Sprint day 10. Oh my God, I had restless leg syndrome really bad, so the only way I could write was by dictating into my phone while pacing around. I got more than 1,300 words. It's not story per se, but I was working through two brilliant ideas that came my way today. I feel like I'm shaping the arcs of my two protagonists and meeting all the required Brokeback Mountain beats. I'm pretty excited. Sprint Day 17. Thinking on the page has netted me 1,035 words, not story, and I'm very close to an actual outline, with all the logistical problems either solved or with solutions in sight. Sprint day 20. 500 words of new scene. It's junk, but it's good junk. Sprint day 23. Okay, another thousand words or so, and I am so excited my story is coming alive. Sprint day 31. I can't tell you how good it feels, Zena, as if I found my true self again. It's all very well pouring out effort on the podcast and story grid and editing for my clients. All that stuff is important to me, but this is the real deal, the hard path, my real identity. Sprint day 37. 2,350 words. It's important to note here that far from feeling like I was pulling teeth, I didn't want to stop that day, so I just kept going for another 90 minutes. I am having so much fun. I'm writing the whole story as casually as possible from Betsy's point of view. It's turning up all kinds of interesting possibilities in the narrative device, how much to reveal, how much she could have known, what her own opinions were, etc. I went on to add, I'm ready to accept that the only way I can write a story is to write my way into it with huge swaths of words that I know won't appear in the final draft, so they don't have to be written as if they will. This is a major breakthrough for me. I know, I know, laugh all you want. It's not as if I didn't know about daily writing. It's not as though Sean Coyne himself hadn't told me this four months ago. The blue-collar process of just being a workmanlike person who shows up and does her job is the way to create flow. 
And if you don't show up or you quit, the muse goes, you know what, I'm going to come back in a year. Let's let Anne go through her thing. And then in a year, I'll check in on her again. And then we all, when I say Anne, I'm saying all of us do this. <laughs> yeah. This happens to me all the time. And you know what? I, I You never get used to it. But when it happens, say, 20, 30 times in your life, you start to go, oh, okay, it's you again, right? Oh, all right, I know what you're about. And the delay starts to shorten. So something that would upend me for two years started to upend me for a year and a half. And now I can usually pull myself out of something within a week. A week. That's pretty good. I'll take a week as opposed to a year and a half or two years. And that's where you are in. You're in that place. You just need to, when these things start to surface for you, you got to put a label on them and go, oh, that's the bullshit guy. That's the bullshit guy. Hi, how you doing? You know, you can hang out here for a week and then you got to go. So, you know what? I'm going to do something else for a week and then I'm coming back to my stuff. And you got your ass is out of here by that. And that works because you can talk yourself through, through self-examination of why you're resisting. Why am I resisting this process? Is the process stupid? Well, let me think. I don't think Sean's stupid. I don't think the story grid is stupid. In the two, three years I've been doing it, it's been helpful. So maybe, maybe it's not perfect, but chances are there's a good probability that it actually might be helpful. So should I go to the end of the line with this thing or not? Well, the probability that it might be helpful is pretty good. And the probability of it not being helpful isn't as good as the probability of it being good. So just as a rational human being, I am just going to take it to the end of the line and see what happens. And if at the end of the line, I've created something that I'm not very proud of, I can put that in my, I'm not very proud of this, but it was important to write anyway, drawer. That's, that's, that's what I think about uh, <laughs> the problem. Okay. <laughs> now that was inspiring. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not as though I didn't believe him. It's not as though I wasn't inspired by that rousing speech. I just failed to accept that a steady half-hour-a-day commitment really, truly will bring results. Until November 10th, I had never quite let go of my belief that only writing for four hours a day really counted, that only pouring out real working scenes was really writing. Basically, I never let myself quite accept that writing a lot of crap, feeling stupid, blundering in the dark, jotting down notes, repeatedly going astray and changing my mind, is the only way for me to skim the scum off the surface of my creative well and start to find fresh water. Now, I don't know if Danbury Hill is going to be fresh or even acceptable. I have no idea what my famous editor will think of it or whether he will end up accepting it for publication. But I do know that it's going to be written, and that's something that before November 10th, I honestly could not say. Very special thanks to Zena Marie Ewell, my good friend and constant cheerleader, for sticking with me. 
Zena is the author of the hilarious Western romantic adventure Lady Law and the Texas Derangers, and you can find her at xuwriter.com. That's xuwriter.com. If you'd like to follow my progress on Danbury Hill or whatever it winds up being called, or if you'd even like to have a peek at the working draft, join my list at annholly.net. That's A-N-N-E-H-A-W-L-E-Y.net. Join us again next week for a regular full-length episode as Kim continues her examination of values in the beginning hook with both the novel and the film Silver Linings Playbook. I guess I'd better get reading. I hope you will too. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye.